so my my sister uh she made a bumble bff account and she's befriended like two people that she's been hanging out with all the time and she was like you should check it out and i was like what the hell do i look like getting on a bumble bff so i ended up making a bumble bff account and um i can see how many people have like swiped right on me uh it's like 35 people have swiped right on me and i was like wow 35 people want to be my friend so i'm scrolling through through bumble bff and i've probably gone through at least like 200 people that, that's that's a lot i've probably gone through like 40 people and um i haven't swiped right on a single person uh, I don't want to be friends with any, with any of them because you don't you don't have. To, it's because there's no brown people in Orlando. I don't, don't want to say it, but like, you know, I didn't I didn't want to tell you, but I I ended up deleting <laughs> the app. <laughs> Why? My account. So Mushnoon and I like he didn't really want to do it, so I was gonna do it with him uh. to make him feel better. <laughs> But then today I was kind of just going through it because I got a notification from the yeah. app. Because, you know, I also also want friends. We're both in that state of, like, finding new friends and stuff that are creative. And I kind of felt anxious and paranoid because, like, I started seeing people I know on That's it. fine. I, <laughs> I, I get like, it. I don't. Yeah. So I got really paranoid. So I don't want to just meet up with someone new. I've never been on any dating apps ever. So, like, I don't want to start now. So I, I, I give you some some words of encouragement i know you'll find a friend <laughs> listen psa psa <laughs> my my dear listeners if 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 just just holler at me hit, hit my dms if you want to be my friend if if you want to talk about uh coffee and uh and uh battle rap music um yeah yeah hit my line please <laughs> <laughs> please all right, anyway, welcome back to Difficult Dish, podcast about different South Asian narratives. I'm Mahua. And I am Mosh Noon. And before we, before we get any further, please, three seconds, please leave us a five-star review. If you're listening on the podcast, just just say something nice real quick. What's the problem? We we have like 40 reviews and... <laughs> no, honestly, Mashoon had to attack our followers today and basically threaten us, threaten everyone in the stories. And now we're getting reviews and ratings, but... Why do we gotta threaten you? Yeah, like, leave a like we have like forty ratings on Spotify. We have like a couple hundred listeners per episode. Like, do we have a problem? What's going on? Just you know, <laughs> hit the five star real quick. <laughs> so, anyways, today we're gonna be talking about faith and religion, and it is kind of more of a heavier topic. But obviously, we're gonna have our own take on it. And again, we don't want to act like we're professionals and experts on this. So take what we say with a grain of salt we are still figuring things out and this is us just navigating through our 20s but we just kind of wanted to put our our jumbled thoughts into words and we hope that some of you can relate we also did get a lot of insightful um responses from you guys so we just want to incorporate that as yeah well. again we have zero expertise in like the in the realm of mastering or like finalizing what your relationship with religion is or with faith is like we're still on this journey ourselves i think we have a pretty like not super ordinary kind of voyage that we've had so far and i like we can talk about this for a super long time about like what like where we are with it right now and what it was for us like growing up and and we'll get into like some of that stuff but uh but yeah like to to begin with we're we're both muslim um both of our families um are islamic um both of our parents are are pretty islamic and um I, i'm not sure what our like 
listener population religion is like i'm sure we have muslims i'm sure we have hindus i'm sure we have christians um so you know our our kind of narrative is speaking towards like the islamic people but uh, of course you know you can get something from everything but i think honestly a lot of people with any religion have gone through the same background or the same type of um navigation like us because for the most part a lot of people were you know forced into sunday school or they they were forced to pray or do things that they didn't really know you know how to do outside of they didn't really know how to choose not what to do and what not to do so i think people have that similar background but we want to start from square one so first i want to say that from a very young age my parents put me in sunday school so islamic school and the whole premise of being in in sunday school was learning arabic learning how to read and write in arabic learning surahs learning duas you know learning all of like the the um like the scriptures and everything the hadiths basically learning all of the stories and writing and reading right that's a but that's okay right like putting your kid through yeah that's That's okay obviously that's okay yeah but i we had to do it every single sunday it was every sunday morning and i you know, I had friends there. I actually learned how to do crocheting there. I, I started up crocheting. I didn't know again. that you learned that there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was it was a lot of fun to be with my friends and learn Arabic and all those stories. And that was basically like the background of religion. You know, that was the start mm-hmm. of it all. But I think the one annoying part was that Sunday school kind of made religion scary for you. There was a lot of fear implemented rather than love. And um, what was you know, your teacher like? My teacher. <laughs> it was so funny. My teacher um, would say things like, oh, you're not allowed to do like um, permanent modifications to your body. Whereas like mm. she had her eyebrows done. Uh, <laughs> it's like uh, yeah, she goes. it's like things like that. Like they were teaching you to do do things or they were teaching you not to do things. Right. But they weren't really telling you what to do. So I feel like from a very early age from Islamic school and from my parents, it was taught to like you're taught to fear religion and feel mm. guilty about doing things that you like doing. And one other thing it was I remember going up to say a surah. It was like one of those events where like everyone says the surahs that they learned and it was like you get prizes and stuff or whatever it was. So I said I went up and I was really nervous because I'm not good at memorizing things. And so I went up to say this surah that I was practicing for weeks and months probably. And first of all, I messed up so badly. I messed up so badly. <laughs> and second of all, I started crying because my Arabic teacher called me Moon Khan. My <laughs> name is not Moon Khan. She, they would either call me Moon or they would call me Moo, like cow, Moo. And that would like scarred me. Uh-huh. So yeah, I did not like that. But I think another thing that was really hard was that they taught you how to read and write Arabic. Mm. But they never taught you what the actual meaning was. Right. They kind of just like I I don't know how to speak in Arabic. I know how to read. I know how to read it and write it, but I don't know what it means. Yeah. I'm just, you know, trans like in I don't know the transliteration of the words. I just know the translation, and that really just made things more like robotic. It wasn't. They weren't teaching you for you to actually love the religion. It was just like you have to know it, but there's no, um there's no reasoning behind it you know yeah so i think that was my that was my origin story i mean mine was pretty similar um i had my grandma in my house when we were growing up and she's extremely religious i mean she's been yeah she my hasn't missed a prayer she hasn't missed a prayer when she since she was like 
13 years old like she's been praying five times a day yeah i mean she really insisted um my mom to put me through like arabic school and my arabic teacher was literally like up the block like i we would walk to her her house and i remember like i used to be like you said like i used to be so scared of her because she had two kids that were that were a little bit older than me and like i would see how strict and how like like intense like their family dynamic was like literally like her they were she would be yelling at her kids like 24 7 like Mm -hmm. for doing like the smallest thing that was like unholy or like not even unholy just like she was so strict on putting them towards like an islamic path and i was super young back then i was like seven eight nine years old and i think all of that in the beginning put just like a, a negative thought in my head just about religion and of course i was doing the same thing like i was learning learning arabic like i was getting homework i was doing all this and that but you know that was one thing that you said that like i, I was thinking about too is like you know yes when we're kids and when we're learning this stuff too but like even nowadays like how many people can say like what like a surah means you know like we're not yeah. we're not like enforced to like learn what we're saying it's just like and of course we we'll get into this like a little bit later but in general like i was like i i feel like islam like i i don't know what it's like for other religions but islam it's very like you have to learn it this way and like don't you dare like question anything right it's yeah. like it's like this is what you're doing and if you have any like any like modernized thoughts about what the concept of religion is like you you get beat like you get like mm-hmm. that's not what you're supposed to do and like y- your parents are are trying to get you to pray like so many times and it's like all this stuff is just for memorization you have to memorize all this yeah. stuff but it's like what is like what does any of this mean nobody knows even like i'll ask like i'll get into this later but like growing up it was just very fear-based it was like you have to learn this this way and don't you dare like ask anything right yeah and i think that kind of developed into both of us well for me it was like during high school when i was like you know in my in my early teens when i was like 13 to 17 um where like i started growing like a real resentment towards the religion i think when you Mm -hmm. teach anything in in fear and if you teach anything like with the wrong purpose and the wrong way of going about it like it doesn't go out it doesn't turn out the right way of course it 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 works for some people like my my arabic teacher like both of her kids are still very islam i mean to what i know like they're both very still very muslim like they pray all the time and it's like but it's like when are we given that chance to like really grow a genuine connection with what it is that we're practicing right like islam is not it's like when you think about religion right you think about what the 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 initial concept of religion was it was it was to bring people together right like the the where these things were were birthed from like it's it's to bring people together it's to have like one one like sole purpose to to follow to give people kind of motivation to live out the the remainder of their lives cuz you know you you hear about a lot of people who you know, go to prison and they get really religious. Religious. It's because like th- that's kind of what it's supposed to be served as, like something to bring you like life and love in a time when when you don't 
when you can't find it, when like it's nowhere to be found, it's not supposed to be taught as like you do this and don't you dare that's, that's, consider otherwise. Yeah, that's what we were talking about. Like, I feel like a lot of our parents or close family members get really religious after someone close to them passes away or something really bad happens to them where they feel like their only purpose in life and like the only person that they can turn to or like the only thing that they can turn to is religion and faith you know it's like something really heavy has to happen on you and that's that's what navigates you to turn to religion you know no one can like force you into loving something no one can force you into loving a religion it's like something that you have to kind of go on your own path with you know and i feel like the way that we were brought up like i remember going to arabic class and it was just in this random house and the room was just so like plain and scary looking it was just like a wooden desk and the arabic teacher would just like touch her throat with her middle finger and just be like the it's coming out of the epiglottis the letters (laughs) are coming out from the epiglottis and it was just so traumatic and then she would touch her saliva filled finger and touch the arabic words and i didn't want to touch that but it was just like a lot of fear you know like she was always yelling at her kids and like on top of that i feel like our parents especially my mom she would always just use religion to instill fear in us, you know, like, oh, if you do that, you're going to be in the hellfire. Like, yeah. I'm still, I'm, I think the root of me being scared of snakes so much is because of the image of hellfire, mm. of being scared of going there, you know? It's like, mm. if you do anything basic, even if it's not true, it's like, you're going to go to hellfire. Like, that's going to be a bad thing, you know? And it's just like scary for a young, for a young person to go through. It's very traumatizing. And it's like, you know, what what good is there to this? You know, there's only bad that I hear. I mean, like you're 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 teaching your class right now. When do you think it's appropriate to use kind of like alternative methods to like get an idea like stuck in your kid's head? Like, is it ever okay to kind of act or like teach out of like not necessarily fear, but out of like don't do this or this could happen kind of thing? Or is it just all kind of like love and and happiness and that's the correct way to teach i feel like positive reinforcement is really the way to go for any type of teaching and i realize now that my friend was actually telling me that there's so many hadiths and so many but there's so many writings where they emphasize all the good things that you can do in religion and that's never brought to the forefront because only the bad things are emphasized you know like it's like oh like if you smoke or drink you're gonna go to hell right But the truth is, like, if you even think of think about praying, you get so many good deeds, so so much so up, so up, right? And it's like there's so many smaller things that we do on the daily that we don't realize is good because we're so paranoid about doing the bad things and all the bad things that we kept on learning about. So it's like if we were taught that there's smaller good things that we do every single day in our daily routines that are making us actually go to Jannah or heaven, that would have steered us towards the right way, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I but I think, like, the reality is, like, that doesn't happen as, as much as it really should. Like, again, like, I, I think about the story that, like, one of our future guests, like, we recorded with him, and he told us a story, and I won't say it again, but his general idea was, like, religion is taught out of fear, and, it, like, sure, like, they'll show glimpse of, glimpses of love, but... That's not the primary, like, purpose of it in in the way that it's taught. And again, like, I don't know how other religions are, but that's just one of my, like, 
biggest like frustrations with the way that we teach islam to kids and that that goes right into like the second point that i wanted us to talk about which is just how how that like initial like how those initial teachings developed into a potential resentment that we felt towards islam at least for me you know when i was in high school um first off like i didn't have many muslims near me and even if i did um i just had so much going on at home at the time that i like didn't want to involve myself with the religion and honestly at the same time um with my area being very like just like latin like christian heavy um i used to get i don't want to use the word bullied but like i would get made fun of a lot for being muslim because i was just like one of the only muslim kids there were a lot of hindus Mm -hmm. like there were like whatever but um i remember in particular this one kid in in ninth grade used to like call me a a terrorist all the time and obviously like i don't give i don't care now but at the time when i'm 13 years old and like i have so much going on in my life and i'm really insecure and really self-conscious about everything like i took a lot of that to heart and i remember like in the ninth grade i would be looking up like on on the bus ride back home like on on my phone like i had a i had a um an htc1 at the time in ninth grade no iphone yet i was looking up um how to be (laughs) buddhist like i was like really i really didn't want to be muslim because you know on, on top of me being taught out of fear with with like my life being so like tumultuous at the time i just like i was like i don't want to be i don't want to identify with any of this because like obviously none of this is working out for me you know like none of this is going good everything that's in my life right now is not good and i really grew a resentment for for islam um maybe resentment isn't the right word but i just didn't really like care to be a good muslim you know yeah, and disclaimer, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm very appreciative of my parents for putting me in Sunday school. I know they were putting me in a lot in a lot of ex- extracurriculars, but um, Sunday school was also kind of for image. A-, a lot of the other brown people in the community were doing Sunday school, so I feel like they kind of had to also put me in there. And o- obviously, they want me to learn about religion at a young age. But I think like what Mushun was saying, it it did really push me further away from religion in high school because I think I associated religion with culture as well. And since I wanted to be more whitewashed, I I wanted to kind of assimilate more and just be, I guess, white or Indian. I kind of just pushed religion away as well as like my, you know, Bangali culture to kind of fit in. But on top of that, I just like didn't understand why so many things weren't allowed, you know, like why is it that I can't enjoy myself? And if I do something it's remotely fun it's like haram you know something that i'm not allowed to do because that's what you're taught even though that's not true and it really made me feel like you know why should i be a part of something if if it's not helping me in any way and i feel like that's like a very big um conflict that a young people go through because their their religion is forced on them from a really young age i think on like the the counter argument is just that like Islam is a very, like, it's very heavy on just discipline, on self-control. So, you know, we think of these things as, why can't I just live my life the way that I want to live it? But, like, the purpose is, like, you know, you you have to show God that you're able to control yourself. And, like, you know, it's sad that, like, it's the bad parts about life that drive us to do these bad things, you know? So it's just, like, showing 
in this case like Allah that we have that discipline to to listen to him you know so I and I battle with the those thoughts all the time like you know I, I want to be a good Muslim but I also want to live my life and I think that's how I paved my my general ideology for like my personal path towards religion which is like you know I, I don't want to get into like too heavy but the way I think about it is like I feel like I'm a really good kid and I have really good intentions and I have really good morals. I don't do, I don't do wrong things anymore, you know? And I I think of it as like, like this is, this is my pilgrimage. Like this is my journey to, to finding God. The things that I'm doing now, like I, I, I take every step with the intention of like becoming closer to God. So even if those involve things that are like quote unquote haram or not allowed in the religion, I think the way that I think about it is just like, you know, every every tattoo that I get, like every every like action that I take, like I, I'm forging it into like creating a stronger connection to to God and religion. And that brings up, you know, a little bit about what, what you want to talk about, which is, you know, differentiating and, and discovering the disparity between like cultural ties to religion and mm-hmm. and, you know, just our modernized ties to religion so like yeah how, how do you how do you how do you go about that yeah that's something that we've been talking about for a while it's it's really hard to kind of um, disconnect the cultural parts of religion that we're so used to because i know uh, like if you ever question anything about religion and you ask your mom about it it's like something that she probably doesn't know about but she just kind of just says something that she heard before or like a cultural thing that she's heard before but without really understanding the actual answer for it because she doesn't really know the answer you know she just wants to say something to like give you an answer and to like make you shut up basically but there's so many cultural ties to religion and like since religion is so beautiful and there's so many interpretations of different things there's no solid answer unless obviously if it's written down in the quran or if it's written down somewhere officially but since everything's up for interpretation and religion has been here for so many centuries, there's a lot of cultural things to it. So, for example, like tattoos, there isn't any explicit thing saying that it's not allowed in religion. And we're not condoning tattoos. We're not saying tattoos are haram or halal. We're not saying for you to get it. I personally don't think I'm ever going to get any tattoos um, after the first one that I have. But there's nothing saying that tattoos are not allowed. But tattoos have been passed down from cultural beliefs saying that you're not allowed to get it because culturally there's a lot of south asians or asian people that don't have tattoos but in the quran the only explicit thing that it says is that you're not allowed to put any physic put any um infliction of pain on your body um intentionally and you're not allowed to modify your body, something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you. And you're not allowed to, you know, like do your eyebrows, get colored contacts, do your hair, anything like that. But a lot of people get their hair done. A lot of people get colored contacts. But for that, obviously, you can change it easily. You can go back to your natural hair color, your natural eye color, whatever it is. Tattoos are a little bit harder. You can't really take that off unless you get laser. But... It's just like cultural beliefs because it's like, why are you allowed to do those things, but you're not allowed to do the tattoos, you know? So it's like, there's a lot of readings on it. I know Mashun and I have researched on this online because 
you know, we were just questioning everything. And it says that a lot of people our age, a lot of people in the modern world right now are getting tattoos in the South Asian countries because they believe that tattoos are bringing them closer to faith. And they're believing that um, since Allah is like the all-knowing, all, like, you know, the person, someone who knows everything and fate has already been determined for you before birth or like written for you, then he is the one telling you to get the tattoo. You know, if he's the one making all of the decisions for you, then that's already written for you. And that's a um, different perspective that I've never heard of. But it's really interesting to read up on it. Again, I'm not saying that I believe in it. I'm not saying that that's the right way of thinking. But I'm saying that it's really interesting to question everything and to actually do your own research instead of just, you know, taking everything that you understand. And again, there are different perspectives. So I've read um, the the contrasted um, perspective, and that's also really interesting. But yeah, that's that's my whole take on that. Tattoos are said to not be allowed because they inflict bodily harm and they're um, altering the the creation of your body but ear piercings do the exact same thing but Mm -hmm. ear piercings are totally okay and there's no thing in the quran that says piercings are okay it's kind of what you said it's just been passed down that piercings are okay piercings are just an exception an exception but that's not written anywhere that was just something that was like said by one person and then everybody just went with it because people wanted piercings people didn't want to accept the fact that piercings fall under the same two things that are haram that tattoos fall under so it's just like all these things it's it's not i I don't know and and it gets so tricky because you know like these conversations are are difficult to have with our parents like it's very difficult because you know imagine 20 30 years from now when our kids are telling us that like this is okay to do and we're like what like you know, it's really interesting. I feel like religion now is kind of for, sh- sh- not for show, but like, for example, if my mom says like, okay, like cover, cover up your stomach when you wear a sari, shari, you know, that's for show, right? But for like, that's also under the guise of religion. Like, oh, you're not supposed to show skin. You're supposed to be modest for religion. But that's more of like a cultural belief too. It's like combined together. But whereas that's for show, that's felt so like anyone else can't really tell you anything because your skin is covered up. Whereas at home, it's fine if you like, for example, like drink. It's fine if you like do other things that are said to not do within religion, but it's fine because you're at home and you're not doing it in front of anyone else, you know? So it's like very like pick and choose. Uh, it's mm. very pick and choose. It's like, you know, it's like sometimes it's fine. As long as it's not with anyone else and it's just you or with your family. But like if it's outside for show, you got to do this because it's for religion and it's yeah. for reputation, you know, yeah. it's so tied together. It's crazy. So what's your what's your um, perspective with faith and religion now? Man, I don't know. Like it's it's so it's it's so I mean, like I'm, I'm Muslim and t- like today I'm more Muslim than I, I ever have. And yeah. You know, I think he actually ba- you fasted all the days during Ramadan for the past two years. I'm so yeah. proud of you. For for you guys that don't know, I met Mo during Ramadan in 2020. And come on, don't put it on me. No, I, honestly, like you you pushed me to fast every single day, and that was the first year in 21 years that I I fasted every single fast, and 
and I loved it and I felt so disciplined and I did the exact same thing last year and guess what I'm I'm going for the three peat again like I'm I'm more Muslim than I ever have been um in my life today but I still follow like the idea that I'm on my own pilgrimage towards discovering Islam and I think back to like something my god sister told me when I was in New York with her one day I was maybe like 18 she told me and she uh she's uh I think uh like 13 years older than me or something 12 13 years older and she told me like like yo mashin i've i've done so much bullshit in my life and my mom has always yelled at me to be more muslim and i never like it never hit me until she stopped telling me because she lost faith in that i would be more muslim and eventually like it started coming to her so she just told me like Mm -hmm. yo like you can go look for it all you want, but at the end of the day, if it's not looking for you, then there's no point. And I've been right. following that, and that's something difficult to tell our parents because our parents want us to see see us start praying five times today. You know, they don't they don't want to necessarily accept the fact that like maybe it's just not our time yet. You know, and it goes back to the whole like discipline aspect of Islam. It's kind of like you know you have to like serve both ends. You have to you know be patient for islam but you also have to like work towards islam yourself and i feel like i'm kind of in that realm right now where um you know like uh you you got me the english transcription version of the quran and i read that a lot and i tell my mom that i read that a lot and my mom's like yo you gotta pray more and i'm just like let me learn what these prayers mean before i start praying like like think about it in in macro why would i do something if i don't why would i speak these prayers i don't know what these prayers mean and in my head like allah notices that i'm just kind of saying these things because my mom said and i don't there isn't really any genuine like feeling towards it it's just like i gotta go pray real quick but it's like what's the point Mm -hmm. of that you know like my my little cousin you know i i grew up seeing like him his mom yell at him to just like go pray and he would like go pray and like pray like real quick in like 40 seconds just so he could start playing video games again and i'm just like i i would rather just not pray than go mm-hmm. like rush through it in 30 seconds just so i can go back playing video games or something so that's yeah. where i am right now like i'm 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 learning more about the religion i love the religion i'm 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 becoming closer to it but i'm also committed to the idea to the idea that like i'm i'm on my own voyage towards it yes because we have the space to kind of explore it on our own now we're not you know we don't have it forced on us i think another thing that really turned me off from religion is because like you know we're expected to be perfect at it like there's so many judgmental muslim people or religious oh my god like that they will literally push you away from the religion because they're just shit talking you you know if you do something wrong one thing wrong one minor thing they're automatically judging you they don't sometimes even don't even let you in the mosque yeah. they like just you know like really push you away from the religion like my friend told me one story where he was like he was like would you rather like see someone having with like full tattoos and like they someone says you can't come in the mosque because you have full tattoos You'd rather them not even come in the mosque and pray and want to be better because they have tattoos. Exactly. When really they're just trying to better themselves and they, you know, they want to be in the religion. But like, what makes you think that they want to be in a religion like that? You know, 
so it's like that's a good example of that but um like every every yeah like quote-unquote pure muslim loves to think that like they're all perfect and they're all like sacred towards the religion Mm -hmm. like i have on like a t-shirt like i wrote in a poem like even the imam has vices like even the pastor has vices like even these people are are, like nobody is perfect in in like the light of god and sure you can strive to be as perfect as you want and and that's that's great that's that's the that's the goal but for you to think that like you 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 got it all down packed is 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 like crazy and like you said like you know like the the mosque that i used to go go to um when i was back at home like the imam was so judgmental like it was it was Mm -hmm. i don't even want to get into it like it was really crazy bro but like i love the religion but but man like there's so many things that just frustrate me about it i know i know now i mean i've always had a connection to religion even if i wasn't actively thinking about religion if i wasn't actively praying i always had ties to it like one thing that i never strayed away from was eating um halal i've always eaten ate eaten i've always ate halal food i've never you know eaten um meat from outside unless it was halal and i've been doing that from like age 11 or 12 and on top of that i've um i've always kept my fast during ramadan no matter what even during school, like in high school, I would always keep my fast. And so I was always, I always had religion in my head. And now I'm the closest I've felt to religion, even though I don't pray five times a day. I don't, you know, I don't have the capacity to do that yet. But obviously, inshallah, I want to one day. But I think originally when I first started getting into religion was when I was like 19 or 20. It's because I had this like crazy freaking ex who was controlling me and like told me what to do. And so that forced me to kind of get into religion. And I was praying every single day and I felt so close to Allah, like, you know, praying. And like, I actually felt that connection that people were talking about. And it was not the same as like praying 40 seconds for each prayer and just like leaving, you know, like I actually felt connected. And so that motivated me, motivated me to pray more and more. And I had a lot of discipline. I wasn't drinking or anything and I really liked it. And then I now I'm just so much more connected now that I'm you know living alone I am constantly like I'm also very paranoid I think that's what religion does to you you get you get very like paranoid and scared of doing basic things because that's what you were taught so I'm still trying to like unlearn that but I think the paranoia and like the fear but also like the love for my for my life and like creation and for like the uncertainty of life makes me very um like wishful and and paranoid but i have like literally duas like for every single thing i always have like the the like in my mind i always have like the idea of god and like you know just that's just always in my head and um so yeah i just do like all of my steps all my moves are with the intention of of pleasing allah basically and like to basically be on his good side and I think my friend told me something really interesting. He was saying that, you know, as long as you're a good person, as long as you have good intentions in mind, there's really no way of of upsetting God, you know? It's like you're not a bad person. And at the end of the day, yeah, there's rules. Yeah, there's, you know, different scriptures, whatever it is. But you have a good heart and you have good intentions. You know, you're not a bad person. And that's I feel like that's really what matters. It's really hard to 
do every single rule that's written down in religion. But I feel like as long as you have the intention to, as long as it, as long as you're a good person, that should be fine, you know. I think back to how like, you know, I I named my poetry book like I named a headspun. It's named after this cocktail that I used to get all the time from a bar, and I I got some flack for that because like the I I talk a lot about like Islam and and God in the poetry book when it's named after you know a product that you're not supposed to indulge in 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 the uh, in the religion but like you know i i understand that like people didn't see the deeper meaning behind that which is like i'm i'm not here to you know we're not here to be like the the ideal muslim for you to follow like by any means are are we like perfect muslims but we both have like you know in general like when it comes to when it comes to muslims like People just don't like to talk about how like like wavy their their paths towards becoming closer to God are. You know, it's like we either like it's either you talk about your your perfect connection to Allah or you just don't talk about it at all. Like there's nobody talking about these like ebbs and flows within becoming mm-hmm. closer mm-hmm. to God. Like why do right. we not hear more stories about like muslims being quote-unquote bad muslims growing up like imperfect. people they, they just skip over that part because there's no such thing as imperfection when yeah it comes i feel to like Islam. that's why that's why it's so hard to find guidance when you're in this state that's why we want to make this episode to hopefully you know give you some sort of closure but there aren't really any books or any like you know videos on things like this like exactly i was talking to my friend about it and first of all like it's different if you're a woman there aren't that many women um speakers but on top of that, there aren't that many modern speakers and they aren't talking about being imperfect. So he was saying that he was going to send me some um, female speakers that he knows of. So I'm really excited to listen to that. But it, it, it is really hard to navigate religion and faith when you're in this age in your life, you know. It's like you, you the, the most you'll hear about is like a woman like this, is just an example, but like a woman who like didn't wear hijab and like now she wears a hijab like that's the like that's the extent of like imperfection that like quote-unquote imperfection that we hear but like where are the Mm -hmm. stories about like the kids who were like alcoholics throughout their high school years and like you know when they got older they 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 became closer to god like we don't hear that like where's the kid that like like was like a is like a, a tattoo artist and and is still like the most muslim muslim out there like we we don't hear these things, but like these are the types of things that I I wish I heard more growing up because I had such a difficult like path towards becoming closer to God, and I wish I had somebody other than like my my mother just like pushing down like pushing Islam towards me. Um, I wish I had more in my life, and like obviously, I'm not. I I would never like blame her for that or blame anybody for that, but it's like. I think my advice in general towards people who who are just having difficulties with understanding their connection to God is like, n- like nobody can see through your eyes. Like it- it's only you that understands what your relationship is like. And as long as you know that you're following a correct path, you don't have to explain this to anybody. You don't have to explain to anybody what your relationship with God is. That's between you and God. You don't have to explain to your parents. Mm-hmm. You gotta explain to everybody. Yeah. Sure, you know you can. That's- you know you can like do whatever you want in the public, but it's like, like you can't expect people to like look into your minds. You and you don't need to articulate those thoughts into words for people to understand because it's just you. You know, it's just keep 
keep following yeah, your that's, pilgrimage. That's what I want to end with, like I actually mentioned in our last episode of our advice session, but I was talking about, you know, this this analogy that my friend told me about how if you're on the highway and you're supposed to take an exit, exit 45, for example, and your other friend that's supposed to meet you at that exit is still at home and still hasn't left the house yet. You know, you say that you're going to wait for your friend or and there's another friend on top of that who's still on the way, but is getting lost in the way. You know, there are so many different voyages. There's so many different journeys and you can't expect everyone to come to religion and come to this part in their life at the same time as everyone else. There's no certain time to reach a religion, you know, and it's okay to get lost in the way as long as you find your way eventually. It's okay to leave at a certain leave later than usual like my dad is literally in his 50s and he's still not close to religion whereas my uncle his brother had got close to religion in his 50s so there's so many different points in your life you know so many things happen to you and there's no set time for you to be close to something you know it's your journey and no one else knows your intentions but you you could be a really good person and you just don't do all of the you know set in stone type of rules and people will assume that you're a bad person and you're just not into religion you know it's your journey and it's fine however you go through it yeah you killed that mic drop i remember i remember last ramadan you used to send me selfies with your hijab on and you would you would tie it so tightly around your head your your face would just be (laughs) bulging out you would look up like a you just look like the that that one bubble that one bubble from SpongeBob, SpongeBob's friend. What bubble? What bubble? You don't watch SpongeBob. You don't know. I watch SpongeBob. What's the bubble's name? I forgot. It was just a bubble friend. Exactly. You know, that was you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I wanted to also say how um, there's I I'm on this route where I always feel guilty about whatever I'm doing just because of what we've been taught. Like I'll do something simple and I'll just feel like I'm not pleasing God because I'm doing something bad, even though it's not really bad. My friend was saying how like there's so many hadiths that are like not talked about because people want to drive religion and fear together. But it's like you can literally get good deeds for traveling. You can get good deeds for feeding a dog. You can get good deeds for even thinking about prayer. But yeah. whereas, like, like don't think about prayer. If you don't pray, or pray, you don't get bad deeds. Mm. So it's like you get more good deeds for even thinking about something good, whereas there's no punishment if you don't, you know? So it's like things like that should be pushed more, and I wish it was. You know, like, Islam is just so sensitive in general. Not, like, in, like, sensitive as in, like, again, like, these things are not talked about, especially with, like, older generation, you know, because you know if if you think that we have it hard like i can't imagine what our parents had to go through when with their grandparents trying to lecture them about islam so it's just like it's so difficult to ha- to have these conversations with the people that matter but it's it's so necessary to explain to you know for for the people listening who might have the parents who are just extremely heavily super religious and want you to be the same you know, these these conversations are important to have. And I know that it's scary. It's really scary. And it's it's not easy. But that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you don't need to do it because you, you do if you want to make things better. Yeah. But yeah. OK, I'm done blabbering. Yeah, we got we got a lot of a lot of points that we said here. There's probably so much more. We're still discovering our whole identity with it. But for now, we'll end it here. 
we got a lot of responses from you guys. Yeah, what's going they, on? They were very different. What do you mean, what's going on? That's a good thing. What the hell? Uh, Mad ungrateful. You guys love talking to us. What's going on? They love us. Just a, a positive incline from now on. While she's pulling up those questions, I'll give you guys another three and a half seconds. Please leave us a review. What's going on? Look, look, we have we have big dreams and aspirations for this podcast. Not only are we the best South Asian podcast, but we're also the best the best podcast in general. So you guys gotta help us, you know, achieve those milestones. Because um Yeah. I'm sorry I can't pull it up quicker <laughs> because this man's gonna keep talking and talking. Hey, come on. While she's pulling them up, I remember um when i was like 19 when i really got into spoken word poetry i i wrote one poem that was about you know just like islamophobia and like and and how like mistreated muslims were in the country and that's honestly what a lot of my um like speaking points were when i was younger and i had this one clip that went really viral not super not really viral had like 100 retweets but went viral in like orlando because it was at an open mic in orlando and it made me feel really good i think that was just like a big moment for um me too. Uh, yeah, I really like Muslim. that spoken word. Yeah, I gotta find it somewhere. Also, check out Mushroom's book, Headspun. It's all about religion and navigating as a brown boy living in Orlando. Yeah, I I know our demographic is like it, it's seventy five percent female, twenty five percent male. So all my boys listen. I mean, my girls too. But all my boys listening. If if you're someone who struggles, you know, trying to find what your connection is towards God, you know, twelve ninety nine Headspun is by Mushroom Mandir. It's on Amazon. Just real quick. It's like two, three day delivery with Amazon Prime. It's something crazy. Come on, just pick it up. You know, better your life. All right. Anyway, so one response that we got that was really interesting. They said that they were closer to religion and, you know, closer to God by realizing that they are non-binary and pansexual and that brought them closer to their faith. No, I really like that response because it's so common for people to say that religion is telling you to not be a certain way and they use fear and they use basically the basis of religion to say that you can't be gay you can't be this way and it's really amazing that you're finding peace in a, in a religion that was probably used against you when you were younger or even in your adult years and i love that and again like like what i said before Allah or God made you a certain way. There, It's not like you were the one that chose to be this way. You were written to be this way and you are God's creation. So I don't understand under the basis of religion how people can say that, you know, you're, you're straying away from religion and what you're doing is a sin. So amazing for you. I love that for you. Yeah, that reminds me of I was talking to my God sister again and like we, we brought this topic up in general and and she was telling me that like i think one of her cousins or or somebody um came out gay and my god sister was talking about it with her mother and her mother and they were like talking about it whatever and then her mother was just like you know god made them that way so who are we to say that it's right or wrong like it's not my life it's their life and god made him so it's none of my business exactly. and it's like i wish <laughs> i wish more like muslim mo and pa muslim parents yeah, in like general if, just thought like that if you're preaching that god makes no mistakes and you're choosing that for one aspect of your life if you're saying like like you can't pick and choose this you know you can't say that god makes no mistakes but then preach that 
oh, that's a mistake that you're acting like that or that's a mistake that you chose to love this other person. Yeah. When you just said that God makes some mistakes and everything is written for you, you know? You can't pick and choose. That's absurd. But anyways, good for you. I'm so happy for you. That's amazing that you're closer to religion because of this. Yeah. Okay, so someone said, Prayer and fasting were some things I never understood the reason as to why I should love doing it. And even when I was put in Sunday Islamic school, I never remembered anything I learned, but now I'm more inclined to learning to love my religion so that I'm able to worship more consistently and so that I can learn to truly love my religion. Yes, sir. I mean, yeah, I, 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 think, I think that goes back to just the whole discipline thing. Like Islam is, is very big on discipline and I never was super crazy about fasting because I was just hungry and that's just all i thought about <laughs> but i guess like you you have to get a little bit older and you know my mom never pushed me to fast every single day and honestly i'm i'm really happy that she didn't because you know if i was forced to fast every day when i was younger i really would have grown to just hate it and i think just her giving me the freedom of kind of like like choosing to fast whenever i wanted like even nowadays like my mom she'll wake me up but if i'm telling her like if i tell her like oh mom like I don't want to fast today. She's not going to like force me to get up. And I think I love that she didn't go that route because now like I really love doing it myself. And I'm really excited for this year because I love that discipline yeah. and I love having that control. So it, it's it's really important for religion and for so many things like let your kids figure it out themselves. They'll come around to it. I think something really important about fasting and that foundation of religion is that it teaches you empathy. It teaches you you know, how to feel, how to be in someone else's shoes. And it teaches you how to restrain from, um, from like pleasure and your, what's that friggin' word called? Temptations. Uh, but yeah, it teaches you all of that. It teaches you patience. It teaches you empathy. It teaches you that. And I think that was why I did it so much. It's because it really made me, you know, feel like I was putting myself in, shoes for of people that couldn't afford food or couldn't yeah. have that privilege you know so i feel like that's that's a really beautiful thing about religion that i wish was emphasized more you know a lot of people say like there's five pillars of islam you know do this do that blah 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 but i feel like the 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 reason why it's the five pillars and the beautifulness of it isn't really emphasized and i wish it was more you know this woman just said beautifulness so that noted <laughs> Beauty's not a word no more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's late. This man always wants to record when it's freaking thirty o'clock at night. Shut the, you literally told me eight thirty. Record at eight thirty. No, 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 no. She's blaming it on me. All right. So last response. This is gaslighting. Says, the last response is: I used to be religious, wore hijab, and everything, but slowly I lost faith after research. There is this perception we lose faith because we want to do haram stuff, but for me, I just lost belief. The culture is still a vibe, aspects of it. I like Ramadan and the concept of prayer and family. You know, something something that I feel like is also not really spoken about, and obviously I can't speak on it just because I was a hijabi for a month in sixth grade, so I can't even talk about taking it off. But I know a lot of my hijabi friends, they w have been wearing hijab for a long time. You know, they started in high school or elementary school even. And it's like now that they're navigating life on their own, they don't really identify with the hijab as much anymore, even though it's a part of their identity. You know, it's a very big part. But it's like we hold hijabis to such a high standard. We think that they're the most modest and like the best, best, um, 
um, images of Islam, right? So if they do do something wrong, for example, like if they do go outside or like if they show their arms or if they like do something haram, you know, quotes, but we hold them to such a high standard that we look at them really negatively if they do do that. And that's such a like hard thing for them to go through, you know? So I understand why so many people take off their hijab because they don't identify it with anymore and like they feel like they can't truly be their authentic selves and i am sorry that you know you had to go through that and it's it's really hard because of what we were taught you know we're really just taught like fear and guilt and we're taught that we have to be the most perfect versions of ourselves but yeah i, I hope that you're able to go back to it one day too you know like, on, on top of that we also got to talk about how much of a dickhead some muslim guys can be to muslim yeah, girls don't uh, don't listen to these muslim guys bro they think they're so perfect whereas they're doing the worst i, I knew a few oh growing up and it, i it, like, i had to get a little bit older to realize like how how ridiculous some of that stuff was but oh my god i knew so many in college and they would think that they're so religious they would you know literally police women Whereas they were literally like hooking up with all these girls. They were drinking every single night. They were going out partying. They were like, oh my God, they were the worst like images of anything. And I can't believe they were judging other people for something less than what they were doing. Oh my God. If, if that's you, that's a whole other if, story. if that's you and if you're listening, chill out, bro. It's not your life. You got you to gotta work on you yeah. first. Mm-hmm. Feel me? Spitting facts something like that all right so that's the end of our episode i hope you yeah. guys got something out of it we can't My end goodness. without our this 10 second long, advice though this is a long boy i know li- like before we start recording this woman told me i'm so excited to share my advice so go ahead go ahead champ what you got okay so i got a piece of advice so the other day my professor said something very enlightening that I really liked. You know, usually I don't listen to anything she says, but this one was really interesting. She said, basically, every step, I've been saying this so many times, I've been modifying all of the words because I keep changing it up. So basically what she said was like, every step that you choose to take outside of this program, you know, after this program ends, is a measure of success and it's a it's something to celebrate Mm. so basically what she was saying you know as as you guys know i'm in the teaching program right now i'm supposed to be graduating this semester she said that um when she was in the phd program she was with the student and he and she asked him you know what are your plans after finishing her phd and he said oh i kind of just want to chill on my yacht and some other some of the other students overheard then they were shocked they didn't understand why he didn't want to do something with his phd after working so hard and so he kind of explained and said you know i i kind of just want to chill on my yacht and just read books and relax you know and that having that degree on its own is a big enough accomplishment a lot of people think that they have to pursue a career with the degree that they have to feel like they're doing something to feel like they accomplished something when that's not really the case you know just having the paper and just telling people that you did it is a big enough thing in its own you know and i feel like i really resonated with that because like i don't know for sure yet if i want to pursue teaching right after graduation you know i've been in school for over 17 years and i went into grad school right after undergrad and i doing a lot of things on the side and just going into teaching right after graduation is a very hard thing for me 
and I don't know if I want to do it. So hearing that was very comforting and I would, you know, give that advice to anyone now. Like, don't feel like you're a failure just because you don't want to pursue something right after graduation. It's okay to take a break and it's also okay to change your mind if you, you know, if you don't actually like the degree that you pursued. So that's my advice. I know that was over 10 seconds, but I, like I really like that. That's an exception. I, li- I like that one. That was a good one. So he didn't like any of my other advice. The past no, no, that was just <laughs> that was just top tier, you know, S tier. Yeah, good one. It was good, right? Good one, buddy. Thanks, buddy. I don't got none though. This man has nothing. I just spoke for five minutes and he thought of nothing. <laughs> His last week's episode was buds your hair. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me pull up my notes. I know I got a lot of hidden gems uh, in there. Not the notes. Yeah, <laughs> pulling out the notes. Yo, I got so <laughs> not the notes. Listen, like if somebody <laughs> ever finds my phone. Like, my notes is where all my gems are. I really got some heat in Book here. number two is hidden in the notes. I got so many just, like, Instagram captions that are fire. He has Instagram captions for pictures he never posts. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working on a painting for the last freaking two and a half lifetimes, it feels like. Uh. Um, I think something that I've just been trying to remind myself recently is, um, like, don't don't cut yourself short for people who like don't give you like their full attention or their or Fact. their full focus you know like i i have this one line that i wrote in a poem a while ago it, it starts like um in every time zone region and language real is the same and it's true i think you know growing up i had a lot of really close people to me and you know it put like the idea of like realness at a really high caliber for me and i've really yet to meet anybody who who reaches that same pinnacle and you know the last thing i i'm i'm gonna do is get myself close with somebody who i know doesn't see eye to eye with me about like how serious i take things like loyalty and respect and just being real with one another and so i'm just sitting Mm -hmm. tight i'm being patient for somebody or some people to come around to my life and to give me the same energy and ambition that i always give to people and you know it's a it's a tough lesson really you know accepting the fact that you might have to ride solo for a little bit but it's okay you know just have that faith that that people will come around because i'm i'm trying to keep that faith close to me right now too fool me you gotta go through the storm to experience the sunshine. Oh wow! Okay, you're one, a poet. Right? Yeah, yeah, take my job. Yeah, yeah. Goodness yeah. gracious! All right. Anyway, so thank you for listening to. Thank Difficult you so much for listening to Difficult. Difficult. Don't make us threaten you again. I'm a threat. Listen, a three. Rating. Hey, a moment of silence, please. Like this is the third time I'm asking you. Just two seconds. This will only be two seconds. <laughs> Leave us a five star review. We're the best. Bleh. We're the best podcast in the world. If you're listening to us right now, you love us. <laughs> you really love us. <laughs> please. <Get> us. <laughs> What's Get going us. on? Um. Yeah, th- thank you guys for listening. Um, this was a good follow episode. Follow us on Difficultish. Follow us on Labyrinth Ave. Follow us on Mushroom Manier. Yeah, mm. we really liked this episode. We didn't really know if you wanted to record it just because, like we said, we're still navigating. We don't want to give you... It's a it's a sensitive topic. You know, we, we don't got yeah. this thing down yet, but we're always happy to uh, just share our feelings, you know? So but thank yeah. you so much for listening. We'll thank see you. you guys next week. Kudafis. Cool